0: In 2011, the German Federal Ministry of Education and Research coined a term, Industry 4.0. They were looking for a way to describe how cyber-physical systems could be responsible for the evolution of new business models. Well, in just eight short years, Industry 4.0 is no longer a theory, and those new business models have become reality. We now live in a world driven by technology like never before it touches every aspect of daily life and is the power behind more and more of our global economy. Manufacturers have been dramatically impacted by Industry 4.0, and so have their customers, whose expectations and demands continue to push greater and greater evolution. Welcome to the podcast series, Ahead of the Curve, produced by Geraint, a top global Salesforce implementation partner, in cooperation with Salesforce, creators of the world's number one customer relationship management platform. I'm Chris Henry. In this episode, we're going to examine how CRM is being used to create exciting new opportunities for manufacturers. I'll be speaking with two Salesforce experts on CRM in the manufacturing sector, Peter McCall, Senior Product Marketing Manager, and Joe Mulrooney, Manufacturing Principal. Let's first begin with the idea of the changing customer. Are manufacturers aware that they have to reach out to customers in different ways now?
1: Here's Peter McCall. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, CRM. We see a lot of manufacturers kind of think about moving the the nexus of um, their IT systems from what they've traditionally had an ERP to to more of a CRM system. And uh, you know, for a number of reasons, but one of the key I think enablers is the usability and the flexibility and the extensibility, and you know, being able to access data faster on the go, um, be able to manipulate that data, and 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 just make it more accessible to a wider range of people within their companies, I think enables a culture of speed and of of data and of transparency that just helps sort of spark ideas of ways to transform your business.
0: And of course, it's transforming a business around the customer.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And this is is really kind of central to our thesis on the change in the industry, that in the past, that relationship has um, either been you know, it's been outsourced to dealers and distributors and kind of other channel partners uh, and resellers, or it has just come come kind of second uh, place in terms of where manufacturers have focused on. You know, they've they focused internally. They focused on driving down costs. They focused on supply chain efficiencies. Uh, you know, R and D engineering to create a better product. Uh, but we're, what we're finding is that in uh, you know a world that obviously is is you know most companies, if not all companies, are really today competing on a global scale, right? There's, there's, um, you know, you're, you're, you're not just competing with the folks in your local area, your state, or your region, right? You're, you're really competing globally, and so, um, what we found is that when you are competing globally, it can be harder to compete on product. Now, certainly, there are plenty of manufacturers who can still do this, um, and and many of whom do it well. What they're finding is it's, it's the speed of innovation and the speed of change and the, the, the efficiencies of the global supply chain make it such that unless you've got some really, really strong intellectual property that you are able to, to defend, copying a feature, copying a product... Uh, copy designs. You see this a lot with smartphones, right? Every time one smartphone company comes out with a a design and it's it's great and well-received quickly, all the other smartphone companies copy it. Mm -hmm. And so, and and that's great for the consumers, but it makes it harder for these companies to just compete on the product. So what we found is that a lot of manufacturers are saying, okay, we, of course we're going to have a great product. We always have, and we always will. But what we're going to compete on now is customer experience. And that's encompasses a lot of different areas part of that is customer service so saying hey we're not going to get you the, the the cheapest product and we and we may not even get it to you the fastest but you know if you buy from us uh we will, you know we, we are great on customer service if something breaks we can tell, he teach you how to fix it or we can help you fix it or we can sell you a service package where we will come fix it but it's also every other part of the experience it's the buying experience it's the um upsell experience if you decide you want to upgrade later on it's it's uh uh, you know, even things like the website or the the marketing touches that you might get, whether online or in person or, or whatever it is, and that people just didn't, or manufacturers just didn't really used to think about all of those different elements. Much less some did, but 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 a lot of them didn't. And we're finding they're really starting to do that more and more, and realizing that it's not just that product, it's the product, it's the after sales service, it's the buying experience, it's the whole kind of set of all of those experiences together that define um, your impression uh, with the customer.
0: Of course, that customer comes in all shapes and sizes. No two are the same, just as no two manufacturers are the same. So how then does a Salesforce CRM platform address the many differences in both customers and manufacturers? Here's Joe Mulrooney.
2: That's a great question, because it, like you say, they do go to market in really different ways, right So you know somebody who's who's actually making cars, for instance, is has a very different go to market uh, dealing with you know his dealers and his distributors than uh, you know, say somebody who makes an axle that goes into that car, right where where basically you've got uh, an engin- heavily engineered product that's designed solely to go into. A single other product. So, so for instance, Dana making axles for the Ford F one hundred and fifty truck. Their business is as good as the business as Ford's business is, and they, you know, their marketing, etc. They can't they can't do a lot if if Ford isn't selling those trucks. uh, You know, Dana doesn't have a, a, a lot of. Uh, a, a lot that they can do about that, right? The axle has mm-hmm. been designed specifically for that particular truck. So, what we see a lot with the manufacturers is is really, you know, sort of tailoring our message and and tailoring the the implementation of the software to the particular, you know, view. So of of the of the manufacturer. So, if you think about, you know, Ford going to their dealers, uh, uh, working um, to to market, uh, you know, via big picture advertising and things like that right very different than than Dana corporation where you know really what you're talking about is a design win with a particular original equipment manufacturer that they're acting as supplier towards and and you know the kind of solution that you're going to propose there is going to be a very different thing Mm -hmm. Uh, you know we have had success across all those types Uh, I, i guess even a third type right people who sell just through distribution if you think about uh you know, Ingersoll Rand or Stanley Black and Decker selling uh, machine tools to, uh, say, a big distributor like Granger, where you know it's all about differentiating yourself from that other, uh, you know, wrench that has the exact same specs made by DeWalt or, or some other uh, uh, manufacturer. How do I differentiate there? And again, the, the marketing, the sales uh, motion that you're going to go through, um, you, you know, it, it, it very different thing. In, in the case of selling through distribution, right, it would be all about, uh, you know, all about your partner uh, relationship and, and how, do I, how do I give them a spiff? How do I uh, set up my rebate program? How do I tailor my partner relationships so that they're going to push my manufactured goods to the, to the front of their website, as it were?
0: Joe mentioned Dana Corporation, the automotive parts maker that supplies a number of car companies with axles and drivetrains. Manufacturers like Dana may only have a handful of customers they're doing business with, so why would companies like that bother with a CRM system?
2: Yeah, that, that's a great question because they 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 sometimes push back. Right, we'll say, well, we don't we don't need a CRM here because we've only got this one customer. But what we find uh, in all of these places is that you know the relationships that they have, the engagement that they have with their with their customers, even even at sort of that. You know, you'd think, geez, the Dana-Ford relationship is so close, but their touch points with their customers are, are many and, and somewhat complex. So there's, you know, there's a design team, there's uh, the team making sure that the logistics are all fulfilled, there's the pricing, uh, the contracts, there's a lot of different ways in which they touch their customer. And what we find is is you know they they'll have these fragmented and very difficult to manipulate back office systems. And what they typically use Salesforce for when they when they use us really strategically is they think about us as an engagement layer with that customer. So that instead of you know making it a, a, a very transactional back and forth, you want to kind of deepen that relationship and make sure that when customer service gets a call, when engineering gets a call when sales engineering gets a call that there's that same pane of glass that they can all look through to see the customer. You know, the customer asks, you know, he's got some question for a sales engineer, but he also wants to ask about his invoice. He also wants to ask about delivery times. He wants to ask about cost. He may have questions about many different kinds of things. You want to provide a a one and done kind of experience for him where he can, someone from Dana can answer those questions efficiently effectively not have call after call after call to different areas where you end up with the uh, the manufacturer is is spending more money right because there's many multiple calls to do a worse job of servicing their customer and and, and right. by and large that's what we see right is that that people are they're doing not doing a great job taking care of their customers and it also costs them more mm-hmm. uh, to, to to do to do a bad job
0: Even though more and more manufacturers understand the tremendous value in having a system that enhances their ability to interact with their customers, there are still many who continue to use their old customer sales and service methods. What often happens in cases like these is that vital data is scattered throughout an organization, making it difficult and time-consuming to bring it all together when necessary.
2: They're typically spending more to do a worse job the issue that that you end up having is that you've got these ERP investments or IT investments that have grown up typically over a 20 year period and all of them made sense at the time, but over 20 years, you end up with something that, that, you know, ends up with an absolutely crazy looking construction that nobody would have put together if they had thought about it holistically, you know, today Mm -hmm. kind of thing. And that works out not Terribly badly if you've got the people in your organization who've been with you for twenty years, Uh, because you know, I, I, geez, I grew up with you, so I've been here twenty years selling, and I know that I do a couple of things in SAP. I then go to the Q Drive and pull down the spreadsheet, uh, and then after I I play with uh, the spreadsheet a little bit, I put maybe a couple more things in SAP, and then I have to look up the contract. And since I've been here 20 years, I understand that, you know, the contracts before 2013, those are all on the Documentum system. But the ones signed after 2014 are, are in this other system. And then there's the acquisition contracts there, over there, right? That's, it's crazy. Mm. But if I've been with you for 20 years, I'm, I'm okay with that. I know what that is. Now, the the struggle, though, that people are having is, it's not just that those IT investments don't really reflect... A, a sane or sensible process anymore. It's also that you know a lot of these companies. I go to a lot of get to go to a lot of plants uh, in my job, and the average age of the of the people working there is typically something over fifty. So those twenty year veterans are navigating the process. But what are you going to do when you've got the the young engineer coming out of out of Waterloo University or MIT or or whatever? He's coming into your your plant and you say, this is how we do sales engineering here. We go from here to here to here to here. And he looks at you, you know, you know like you've got three heads. <laughs> um, you know, it's very, very difficult to train anybody uh, with the kind of, of landscapes that we see there. The other thing that happens is that there's this, um, when the com- companies want to deploy a new business model. So somebody comes, you know, the, the smart marketing guy comes and he says, look, I've, I've talked to product management." I've looked at our competitors. I've got approval and pricing. The senior vice president is all on board with this. Here's my new go-to-market. I'd like to do this. Uh, we're going to do sell something as a service, or so we're going to bundle software. We're going to bundle all kinds of things together. IT, what would it take to build a system that supports that go-to-market? And the IT guys scratch their heads, and they look at them, and they say, you know, it's going to take me you know, 18 months and $3 million to to, to make all that happen uh, in in SAP or, you know, Oracle, one of these big ERP systems. And, and it's, it's just, it's a shock to the business, right? They say, geez, you know, I just want to pilot it in three districts for three months to see if it even works. I don't want to wait 18 months and spend $3 million for a three-month market test, you know? Mm. So this is, again, a place where we're really seeing Salesforce does a great job of sort of hiding or wrapping uh, all of those old systems of record, eliminating your spreadsheets, putting a layer that's human usable on top of those, those, you know, multiple SAPs and, and whatever the, the back office wind chills and all the different uh, sorts of systems that people have in the back office and creating that, that uh, uh, you know, a, a flow, a comprehensive flow that, that, Starts at the place it should start, takes you to the three places along the way that you need to stop at, and ends up where you need to end up. Doing that in a seamless fashion, mm-hmm. in a way that uh, in a way that's agile and flex- flexible, so that when that smart marketing guy comes to you and says, "Here's the go-to-market," you can hide that back-office complexity and say, "Good. In Salesforce, these are the eight steps. Back-office may be." You know, it's like a duck, right? The, un, underneath the water, the legs are going like crazy, but on top of the water, everything's smooth. The customer, The customer just sees smooth sailing.
0: We've touched on a critical point in the discussion, when ERP integrates with CRM. If CRM empowers sales, marketing, finance, and customer service teams, then the integration with an ERP system in a manufacturing setting takes the abilities of CRM to a whole other level. And delivers even greater benefit to the manufacturer, but many are concerned that integrating ERP with CRM will be an expensive undertaking. Peter McCall says he sees it frequently, but those concerns disappear when they understand how the integration actually works.
1: So we know, you know, we see this with a lot of a lot of the customers we work with, uh, a lot of the people that come to us that aren't yet customers, and they say, okay, so you're gonna you, you provide CRM and and does that mean we have to rip out our ERP and 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 you know we we invested millions of dollars and and years and years and we've and we've got it working, or maybe they're um, a company that grows by acquisition, right? We see a lot of industry consolidation, a lot of M and A, and what that means is every time you acquire a new business, of course they have their own an IT system, right? And so suddenly you acquire ten businesses in a year. Now you have ten different IT systems in addition to whatever you already had, and so you can imagine that a lot of manufacturers are not really interested in in, in totally ripping replace um, their ERP systems. And the best part about a CRM like Salesforce is that we kind of think of it as uh, your system of engagement that sits on top of your ERP. They can integrate with it, um, they can pull data from it, that can give you the ability to access that data in a way that doesn't require a dedicated uh, you know operations person that 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 knows the intricacies of the various ERP systems. Um, because Salesforce, it's, it's really usable by anyone. And it's usable on your mobile phone. It's usable uh, you know, from your laptop. Um, and we've, we've invested a lot in making it really usable and fast and kind of uh, customizable, but also easy to use. And so it is more of an enabler of your access to your ERP. Now, of course, we do m- many other things, but that's the best part about it. It sits on top. Um, it gets that access to that data. And it makes it so really anyone can
0: use it, and and it gives that holistic element into the uh, into mm-hmm. the manufacturer's entire operation, where you know the factory floor knows what's going on with sales and marketing in the front office.
1: Yeah, and, we, and again, it, it I think it, a lot of it comes down to speed and and down to. Enabling you to do business faster and 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 move faster and make decisions faster. Right.
0: In in your mind, and I mean, you're dealing with manufacturers probably on a on a daily basis uh, at Salesforce. Are the majority of them recognizing the power of a CRM and ERP integration, or are they a little slow to adapt?
1: Uh, I- Especially today, I, I think more and more are and more and more are uh, comfortable with the idea and and getting used to the idea because they've seen the power that, that it can provide and they've seen the, the speed with which it can um, provide their business. And, you know, it's not always easy setting up these integrations. It's not always straightforward, but the returns on making that investment can be incredibly high.
0: The ability of Salesforce CRM to integrate with an existing back office operation Eliminates the need to modify an ERP, something that Joe Mulrooney explains would take a lot of time and money to accomplish.
2: When you look at these, you know, major uh, retooling projects of an SAP or an Oracle e-business suite or something like that, those projects tend to, you know, last a year, eighteen months, cost tens of millions of dollars, and very often the business value is is really very limited. All we really did was upgraded the same stuff that we had, you know, for purposes of support, you know, by the big ERP vendor. Um, so you're not getting often not getting a lot of value out of upgrading those things, you know, and, and certainly, you know, there's not an imperative really to do it. You, you, you look at, well, what's the business value? Well, we're trying to get to this. Geez, you could get to that by implementing something simple, you know, a simple CRM tool on top, uh, and surfacing the data as you need from those big ERP investments, you don't need to to reconfigure or upgrade or or embark on some giant ERP project uh, to get the kind of value that you're looking for. Um, and and that's again that's this sort of strategic way that we see people using Salesforce. You know, we we didn't grow. To the size that we are now, just because we could roll up a sales forecast. I mean, we we roll up sales forecasts. That's great, right? But the it's it's kind of creating that engagement layer on top of those those big ERP investments, uh, giving some agility and nimbleness to the to the enterprise exactly. uh, when dealing with yeah. their customers. You know. Yeah.
0: Well, we've dealt with the theory of how CRM works and how it integrates with ERP in powerful ways. Joe Mulrooney provides a real-life example using Kone Corporation of Finland, and how their ERP CRM integration saved them millions of dollars in annual servicing costs.
2: So they make elevators and escalators, right? They're in the people-moving business. Uh, you know, buildings around the world have have Kone equipment in them. You know, what they've historically done is you you roll a truck every you know six months. Somebody goes into the building and they they make sure that the escalators looks good that it's working that it's it's not shaking too much you know an elevator an escalator it starts to vibrate a little bit before it starts to vibrate a lot and after it starts to vibrate a lot then it's going to break pretty soon so so you you spend money rolling trucks out to every building which in their case is you know literally hundreds of thousands of buildings to look at at the equipment there well one of the things that they did was they realized that you know with the the ubiquity of internet connectivity and the relatively low cost of data storage, they could take the vibration sensors from their escalators and their elevators and just populate a data lake with that data. So, so now they know how are things vibrating, you know, is, is it vibrating a lot, is it vibrating a little? And instead of rolling trucks, they just interrogating that data lake. And when the vibration reaches a certain threshold and they're using AI to figure out, you know, to always tighten those thresholds. But once the vibration reaches a certain threshold, they sent they they'll phone up the customer and they'll say, you know, we think the, the the elevator's gonna need servicing in the next two or three weeks, right? They they, you know, give themselves a pretty good window. What what would be a good time for us to come? And and of course the answer is always something like, you know, well well, don't come around nine o'clock because everyone's getting to work and don't come at lunchtime. Don't come, but any other time you can come and fix it. And Kone says, great. They'll send someone out to fix it two or three weeks before it's it's due to break. So what happened there? Well, first of all, the customer is better served because the elevator never breaks. And there's never a crisis. It, not only does it never break, there's never even a crisis about, oh, it's about to break or anything. It's always a few weeks beforehand. So the customer is better served. Jeez, it, it, stuff just gets fixed at the most convenient time for me. That's wonderful. And then from Kone's perspective, they've done away. With hundreds of thousands of preventive maintenance truck rolls, instead of going into the building and checking a whole bunch of elevators that actually are just fine, they only go to the building to look at the elevators that have already told them the vibration's at a point now where you, somebody needs to come in and fix this in the next few weeks. Mm-hmm looked at a McKinsey study around this, you know, they were talking about, you know, like 30% savings in field service is is a realizable goal. And you're saving millions of dollars on, uh, you know, truck rolls that that weren't helping anybody anyway.
0: There can be no doubt that industry 4.0 or the fourth industrial revolution, as it's sometimes referred to, is generating significant shifts in how manufacturing works. Professors Eric Brynjolfsson and Andrew McAfee from MIT refer to what's happening as the second machine age, the title of their 2014 book, in fact. They claim the world is at an inflection point where the effect of digital technologies will manifest with full force through automation. Now, we're already seeing that with smart factories around the globe in industries like aerospace and automobile manufacturing. Powered by the kinds of ERP-CRM integrations that we've heard about today. To paraphrase Pogo, we have seen the future, and it is now. You've been listening to Ahead of the Curve, produced by Gerent in cooperation with Salesforce. Our thanks to Peter McCall and Joe Mulrooney from Salesforce for their expertise and input in this program. Technical production by Dave Grind from the Acme Podcasting Company. I'm Chris Henry. Thanks for listening.